0: You know, so, so there's a lot of awesome things happening. I'm, I'm excited just for tonight. One, it's been a while since we've had a, a men's meeting. We, we went through seasons where we had them every month, and and then the Lord shifts things and, and adds some focuses and those, and we went through some seasons where we were uh, simplifying things, and and a lot of it just, like getting a lot of internal things built and established so we can communicate better and, and those types of things, which... Which, uh, which were there. And, and so we're not going to meet every month um, because a little put on our hearts because we still want you to be involved in, in Thrive groups be involved in Victorious Adults, Chariots of Light, um, uh, if you're a young adult, whatever it is, where you're still involved in those aspects of ministry within the church. And so throughout this year, we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have three men's things. There'll be three women's things. There'll be three marriage things. Um, and so we have times to connect and grow and get stronger. Uh, just a couple announcements before I get into the Word. Um, uh, uh, Dylan, stand up. Dylan is, Dylan is uh, one of the ones over our sports ministry uh, here at Heritage of Faith, and um, we're uh, going to have a softball team. Also, we need to know if, you're, if anyone's interested in being a part of a flag football team, and also if you're interested in being part of a, a Christian basketball league. So if you're interested in any of those things, see Dylan after, um, after our, our time tonight or at church. Um, or I'll give you a cell phone. You can all call them at 2 a.m. I'm sure Abby would really appreciate that. Um, but anyway, it's just another aspect and an opportunity for us to connect. I, I love playing on the softball team. I still do. And, uh, and so as much as I can be out there, I want to be out there. Um, I don't have a whole lot of basketball skills, um, but, uh, but I, I would like to. Um, so maybe, maybe Big, here you, can, you, can, you can help me out there. I went, I, we went to, uh, uh Bryn played at Tarleton. He played at Charlton, and uh, I was, uh, I was like looking, uh, at a, at a game out there and I was like, I was like looking for, I was like looking for your picture and just looking for your.
1: <laughs> oh, Howard Payne, that's right, Howard Payne. You work for Charlton.
0: that's it. So, you know, other things, uh, coming up just, uh, uh announcement wise, um, just things for you to be in prayer about. Just as this, um, you know, we have the marriage meeting coming up this Saturday. If you haven't registered for that, I um, encourage you to, to be here for that, to strengthen your marriage. And afterwards, we'll be doing the, um, the youth uh, dinner and dance here. Um, also, opportunities for serving. Uh, we're needing people in ProPresenter. That's uh, the person that does the words during worship. We're being helped with cameras, parking lot, any aspect of serving. Um, just, you can go online to the, or the Church Center app and uh, fill out the serve form. And love to have you uh, serving in some capacity. Um, other uh, dates that you can mark on your calendar for this is our next meeting will be a Saturday morning on June 17th, and it'll be from 9 to noon. And it's going to be a breakfast, breakfast, but it will be me and another speaker. Um, but it's going to be a powerful time that day. I'm still kind of trying to confirm some things with uh, the other speaker. And, um, and so that's June 17th. And then the weekend of October 6th and 7th, uh, we're planning a men's retreat. Um, where we'll go, we'll go out of town somewhere, go to a campground somewhere, um, and get away um, and and just uh, be challenged. And and so that'd be the first week in October. So mark your calendars for that. You'll get more information on that. So I've done enough rambling. So you know, last week with the ice. I, I was I was all prepared, you know, and you know, I was like, yes, I'm, I'm all ready to go. And and we we canceled and uh, adjusted it to this day and. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, I've got my message already. And then so Lord woke me up at like 4.30 a.m. yesterday morning. And, and so, so that other message will be for another time. Yeah. And, um, and so this message has uh, really challenged me and really just putting things together just even just, even just a little for um, coming over here, just meditating on what the Lord was just depositing in my heart. And I'm just believing that the Holy Spirit will draw out of me because um, something that I hadn't really had a lot of time to meditate quite on uh, a lot yet. And, uh, but I believe it's going to be productive for us. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Oh. Jeremiah chapter 1. You know, there is... I just, I grew up not too far from the beach um, in Maryland. Uh, it was a place I'd go every year, um, travel with my grandparents, my parents. Uh, after I got born again, I lived even closer. So was at the beach all the time. And I remember being at the beach and would make sandcastles. And we'd make these sandcastles. And, well, I'd say my sister would make sandcastles. But I was more into trying to destroy her sandcastle. You know, there's just something in, uh, Boys that they like to build things, but they also like to tear things down. You know, it's like um, you know, you see someone. You know, I think they were playing this cup game not that long ago over in, in, in like the kids ministry, and and um, and so they had these these. They were playing this game and they were stacking the the cups up and 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 so I think uh, it might have been. I can't remember who, what child it was that was stacking them, but my grandson went over there and thought he should knock them all over. Why? Because there's just something in him. There's something in us. There's something in us that we, we, we want to build things. We, we want to build things and maybe not consciously at the same time, we may have the ability throughout our life to also tear things down. And let me read something here in Jeremiah. And this, I'm believing this will make sense here in a moment. Says, then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, I formed you in the womb. I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, O Lord God, Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all whom I will send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I'm with you to deliver you," says the Lord. You know, I wrote this uh, this one phrase. What could I do if I could remove all excuses? What could I accomplish in my life if I removed the excuses? You know, uh, we, we I can show many accounts in the Bible when God in the Bible when God came to someone. And said, Hey, I want you to do this, but the first thing they they did was, but Lord, you know, what about Moses? Um, I can't speak. What about Gideon? You know, I'm I am from the uh, I'm from the smallest tribe, the smallest clan, from the poorest family. So why are you calling me a mighty man of valor? Why? Because because there's something that that when we in, are in front of something that's bigger than ourselves. Or we may feel like there's something more I'm called to, but yet our excuses will always weigh out, or will weigh more, our excuses will always weigh more than our obedience. And so, so what could we accomplish, what could we do if excuses were removed from our life? Because ultimately, God was saying, hey, hey, don't worry about the excuse. He goes, I will touch your mouth. I will touch your mouth. See, no matter what excuse you can come up with, God is going to have an answer for your excuse of why you can't do something or why you can't complete something. It says, Then the Lord put forth His hand, and He touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me. He, he touched His He He touched his mouth. took His hand and touched His mouth. He goes, Behold, I put My words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Now, I want you to hear that. I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. There's things that in my life as a a young man, I allowed me, I allowed things to be over me instead of me being over them. See, he he was saying, I've set you, meaning I've established you. I have planned for you. I have, I have set you. It wasn't Jeremiah trying to set himself. God is saying, I've put you here. And I've put you here to be over the nations and to be over kingdoms. And then he says, to root out and to pull down. To destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Now I want to break down some of these words for us for a moment. He says, to root out, to expel. This means to expel or deprive membership or access. So this is what he's telling Jeremiah, that I have. I I want you to root out, meaning I want you to expel some things, and I want you to deprive some access of. Then he says to pull down. Pull down here means it's actually referring to tearing down altars, things that you have built and made of importance. Then it says to destroy. That means to totally obliterate an object. Then he says, to throw down. This means to absolutely ruin to the point you can't repair. So this is what God is telling Jeremiah. He goes, this is what I want you to do. I want you to root out. I want you to pull down. I want you to destroy. I want you to throw down. And then he says, I want you to build. And I want you to plant. The word build here means to restore those that have been lost. And the word plant here means to establish a people. I want you to establish a people. So there's two things that God was ultimately saying in a nutshell to Jeremiah on what he was called to do, and that was to tear down things that need to be torn down, and it was to build things that need to be built. I had to change my perception. Oftentimes, I wanted God to do something I wanted God to do something, but oftentimes, I would tear down... Let me say this right. Too often, I would embrace what needs to be torn down, and I would neglect the good. Can I say that again? Too often, I would embrace the things I needed to tear down, and I neglect the things I needed to build. We want God to do something, but oftentimes... It's about it first comes down to tearing down the old so he can rebuild the new our entire life should be about planting a desired harvest our entire life should be about planting the desired harvest this I'm, I'm just speaking from just my my personal life there was times that I was hating the harvest but I was not changing what I was sowing Anyone else? I, w- I, I, was, I, I was hating what I was walking in. I was hating my outcomes, but yet I wasn't sowing anything different. God gave us, man, two things in the garden. He gave us authority and He gave us seed. You can abuse that authority, or you can operate effectively in that authority. You can sow good seeds, or you can sow bad seeds. The thing is, is what are you building, and what are you tearing down? Are you tearing down the good in your life, or are you, are you building for good in your life? Here he said, I have set you over the nations and over kingdoms. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I think Brother Copeland said it this way. You know, you you want the dog, but you keep calling the cat. (laughs) You know, it's like, I want the dog to come, but I keep calling the cat. It's like, you want something different, but yet you're still doing the same things. Hebrews chapter 11, and I am going somewhere here with this, so just stay with me. Verse 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. They were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, of Samson and Jephthah, and also David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Now listen to that. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Subdued kingdoms. Man, through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Everywhere you go, there's, there is a kingdom. And it's either the kingdom of darkness, or it could be the kingdom of light. And here, faith, they, part of their faith, they used to subdue kingdoms. These men and women, they built things. But a lot of these men and women, they had to root out things. They had to tear down things. I don't know about you, but I want to do something big for God. I want to do big something big for God. I want to build something big for God. And I'm not talking about building myself a name. I'm not talking about building a, a big church. I'm not talking, I, I'm talking about some, building something big for the kingdom. What do I mean by that? I want to build something that far, la, far outlasts my lifetime. I want to build something that's generational. I just don't want to see success with my children and my grandchildren, but I want to see success to know that there's going to be success for the next ten generations, the next thousand generations. <clears throat> but often, I well, we have to realize it has to start with me. It has to start with the decision that I make and asking myself, What am I tearing down and what am I building? Because ultimately all of us in here, no matter where you might be in your life, there's something you need to tear down. There's something that you need to root out. There's some things that you need to destroy. For me, there's some insecurities I need to still tear down in my life. I I need, I need to tear down what I think people might think of me. I have to tear that down. I'm just being open. I mean, I, I, there's some, there's some things like, There, there's some, there's some, uh, timidity that needs to come down in my life. There's some, there's some issues that need to come down in my life. There's some, there's some things that, that I need to be more diligent with when it comes to how, how I'm responding and communicating with my spouse. So what I'm saying is don't, don't, we can't sit here and say we're talking about this, that, or the other. No, I'm talking about building something great for God. And that has to do with, with building your children, that has to do with building your, 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 your spouse, that has to do with building within your workplace, building those around you, building with, uh, building with heritage of faith and what God's called us to do in this community. So, so the thing is, is I have to remove the things that are hindering the God things in my life. Let's look at Psalms 132. Psalms 132. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and share things because I'm like, okay, Lord, how, how is this going to make sense? How do I make this sense in, in this setting? And and so I'm just, uh, hmm. thank you, Father. <laughs> yeah, he'll make sense of it. We all have ears to hear because we, we all want to do something big for God. Amen. Yeah, I'll say that. Now, what's another example of this? In Matthew 21, we see Jesus. And he's going into the synagogue. And and what, what, what is going on in the inside of Jesus' mind? There's a frustration on the inside of Jesus because the house of God was supposed to be a place where, where people could come and receive. It was a place where they could come and experience God. It was a place where they could come and be and, and, and experience God, but yet they had made it a place for their own profit. So what, what did Jesus do? It said he kicked over the table, tables and had a whip and he chased them out of the, the synagogue. And what did he say? He goes, you have made my father's house a den of thieves, but, but this is to be a house of prayer. What was he doing? He was tearing down some things because, because the purpose of what God had ordained his house to be was no longer on what it was. So Jesus had to come in and tear down a mindset so we could then build what, what it initially was meant for. So in Psalms thirty one thirty two, it says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord. And vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house, or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes, or slumber to my eyelids, until I find a place for the Lord. Man, this this to me I I mean you can ask you know staff um, ones that are uh, interns. I, I started reading this about probably six months ago. And I still can't get away from the scripture. And there's some things I'm meditating on for a, a series I'll do in the future. I don't know when. But there, there, there's something in here that just struck me that that I was like, am I that dedicated to build something for God? I mean, David's heart. Look, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyelids, sleep to my eyelids or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord. Man, until I find a place for the Lord. David wanted to build something for God. He had to build something for God. He wanted to build something for God. And it was a dwelling place for God. Now I want to go over to First Chronicles chapter 13. First Chronicles 13. And this is David when he's made king. Saul was king. We know David was anointed to be king, but yet he was cra- but yet they crowned someone else king, Saul's son. Yeshbocheth, used for me to say, but yet David one that was the one that was anointed king, and I want you to I want you to see this because this has to do with the heart of a builder. Then David consulted with the captain of thousands and hundreds, and with every leader, and David said to all the assembly of Israel, "If it seems good to you, and if it is good, and if it is of the Lord our God." Let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites who are in the cities and their common lands that they may gather together to us and let us bring the ark of God back to us. Now listen to this. For we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. Then all the assembly said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. I, I was reading this, I was like, what, how do you want me to relay this? What, what's in your heart for us tonight in this? He said, he said they, they had stopped inquiring the thing that would build the success in their life. Since the days of Saul, they hadn't inquired of God's... That's what God's uh, ark, the ark represented. It represented God's presence. It represents his word. It represented his covenant, and here since all this time since Saul was king, they said they had not inquired of the Lord. And so that was that's been the d- biggest downfall in my life, in seasons throughout my life, is when I when I stopped inquiring of the Lord, when I stopped putting him in the right place. And what was interesting to me here, and it said, "For the thing was right in the eyes of all the people," and I wrote this down. It was right in all the people, but yet it took a God leader to uproot the old to plant something new. Now think about it. It was, in, it was right in the eyes of all the people, but no one else was doing it. It takes someone else doing it right. You, you're, you are not like everyone else. You are not like every other man. You're not like the person on your left and your right. You're not like a man that's in the world. You're not a a young person that's in the world. You're not like everyone else. And I I, I used to say, well, well, at least I'm not doing that. And at least I'm not doing that. And at least I'm not doing that. And the Lord said, shut up. He goes, you're measuring your life and you're measuring your life And and allowing your thoughts to be okay. And when I've called you to live above, I've called you to live above. And so when I saw that today, he goes, he goes, It was right in all the eyes of the people, but yet it took a leader to tear down something and build something. Go to Second Chronicles twenty nine. Second Chronicles twenty nine. Thank you, now, this is I'm just we're gonna stay here and we're gonna unpack some things here in just a short amount of time. Verse one says Hezekiah became king when he was twenty five years old. 25 years old, and he's ruling a nation. Wow. 25 years old. I don't know. Could I run a nation at 25? He became king when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he, now listen to this, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. Now, wait a minute. It just said his father was Zechariah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. His father, Ahaz. Ahaz was his father. Ahaz was his father and he was evil. He was not a good king. So when it says he did right all in his he was 13 he was the 13th king after David. He was the 13th successor to the throne. And and yet it says that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to his father David. Now listen to this. Hezekiah it said in the first year of his reign Now this is, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites. He gathered them in the east square and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God, your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Now now this is, he becomes king and his father was a a king for I think 25 years and he did horrible things. His father actually took everything and and used the the utensils that were supposed to be used in God's house. He took them and used them in foreign and to worship foreign gods. He took boards and he actually boarded up the the house of God and started to build other houses that could be named after him. And so here he is. The first thing that the son does. Now I, I want to make this statement before you go forward. You do not have to be like your father. You, you, you are not your father. Just like you're not some, like have to be like someone in the way. You do not have to be like your father or your grandfather. I mean, I've had a, I've had I had I had a I had a great father, and there's a lot a of, lot of part of him that I I I, I I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for. But I want to live, I want to live greater for my, my children and grandchildren. Nothing against my dad. But, but the point is, is, is you are called to live on a, on another plane. You are called to tear down some things. You're called to, to destroy some things. You're called to, uh, but then at the same time, you're called to plant some things and you're called to build some things. So what I'm asking you to analyze in your heart, what are the things that you may need to tear down and what are the things that you need to build and the things you need to plant? So in the first year, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square and said to them, hear me. And he talked about sanctifying. He took, take all the rubbish out of the holy place. Now this, for our fathers has trespassed. And done evil in the eyes of the Lord, they have fors- they have forsaken him. They've turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord, and they turned their backs on him. They've also shut up the doors of the of the vestibule. They put out the lamps that have not burned incense and offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Down in verse ten, it says, "Now it is in the heart. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord." with His fierce wrath, may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before Him, to serve Him, and that you should minister to Him and burn incense. Verse 15 says, And they gathered their brethren, sanctified themselves, went according to the commandment of the King, of the word of the Lord, to cleanse the house of the Lord. Then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it, and brought out all the debris, They brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord. This is just what's in my heart is, is there debris that represents things from the old. You just need to get out of your life, remove it, cast it to the side, put it, put it aside. Why? Because it's time to build something for God. Now, they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. On the eighth day of the month, they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And on the sixth day of the first month, they finished. Now, there's a lot here. I'm I'm not going to take the time to to read it all, but it's a really good read in understanding all that took place. They got to the point where they they had brought so many sacrifices and so many men's lives were being changed. Because the Levites had to sanctify themselves. They were like, they weren't the priests. The Levites were kind of like the the ministry of help, so to speak. And they had so many Levites and so many people were coming. Why? Because they were ready for change. They were hungry for change. Because why? It was good in the eyes of the Lord. So they were wanting change. So there were so many Levites coming. They didn't have enough priests to do the sacrifices why because people want to change. And I, and I want to encourage you to know that there's people around you in your life that are ready for change. They're wanting something new, they're wanting something greater. Verse 33 it says the consecrated things well Thirty-five. Also, the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the event took place suddenly. Now, all this took place. I didn't read it in, in that in that section there, but they did everything they did. They did in. Less than two months. Actually, 30 days. There was a major turnaround in the whole society in 30 days. Because when they go in, they said, and now on the first day of the second month, in 30 days, an entire city was turned around for God. Why? Because a man wanted to build something for God. But in order for him to build something for God, there was some things he had to tear down. Let me read that last section. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. I believe that the church, not just this church, but the church in whole are stepping into some suddenlies. Because there is some big, there's some men that desire to do big things. I want to do big things. I want to. I I don't want to be on the outside looking in to what God's doing. I want to be on the forefront of what God's doing. If there's revival, it needs to be here. If there's a move of God, it needs to be here. If there's miracles happening, it needs to be here. If there's, if there's, uh, 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 there's, if there's um, the police or community or whatever, they're needing people to come and serve, let, let, it, let, it be, let it be through here. Let's do something big for God. Let's do something big for God. Let's do something that shakes this entire community. Let's, let's build something for God. But, but at the same time, what are the things that we need to tear down? But also, what are the things that we need to build and that we need to plan? Go ahead and stand to your feet. What could God do in your life in 30 days? In 30 days, an entire city was turned around for God. Man, God can do a quick work. What could happen in South Fort Worth and Crowley in thirty days with men that were men that would respond? I mean, I didn't take the time to read to all the ones that came, and 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 they had these people that were, were singing, playing instruments, and they were singing the Psalms of David, and they would sit, they sung this one song until all the sacrifices were were consumed. That's a long song. Why? Because they were like, hey, I have nowhere else better to be than focusing on something big for God. I want to be like David. I want to I want to build something for God. I want to be like Hezekiah. I want to build something for God. But I also have to look at my own personal life. There's some things I gotta tear down. There's some there's some attitudes I need to tear down. There's some passiveness I need to get rid of. There's some I mean if you're the one that's arrived and perfect you can come up here but well, what what cuz because we got to, we have to get out of the way <laughs> and let just and, and let him build within us you know the prayer our father art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you know what? It won't if you don't allow it. it. It won't let His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I can reject it. I can choose other things. Let His, let heaven be built in you in twenty twenty three. Let his kingdom expand on the inside of you. What do I mean by that? When when his kingdom expands on the inside of you, things that you thought were important are no longer important. Things that you placed high value on no longer have value. I mean, there's things that I valued when I was was 21 that aren't valuable to me anymore. Not necessarily that, that those things were wrong, It was just, I want something more. I want something bigger. I want something greater. Just lift your hands if you want something bigger. Father, I thank you for these men in this place. I thank you, Lord, that this is a word sown into our hearts tonight that I believe will speak to us long after this moment but it will be something the Holy Spirit brings back to our remembrance. Holy Spirit, you're a revealer of truth. Holy Spirit, Jesus said you were sent to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. So Holy Spirit, reveal, not just in this moment, but daily, daily. What are some things I need to tear down, Lord? What do I need to build? What are some things, Lord, that I need to start planting? And what are some things that I need to destroy? Lord, I'm, we talked about David wanting to build a house we talked about we talked about Solomon building a house we talked about Hezekiah cleansing the house I'm so glad Lord that you said that you don't dwell with temples made with hands anymore but you dwell in hearts He you said your spirit lives on the inside of us So, Lord, just we remove every hindrance, every weight, every care, every feeling of trying to measure up to other people's opinions or thoughts. Build something great. In Lord, because I know what you build is eternal. Thank you, Father, that these men in this place, according to what Paul prayed and declared, I declare that they are strong in the Lord and the power of your might. I prophesy over them that they are strong in the Lord and the power of your might. I prophesy and declare that they are big men doing big things, love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Just just worship him for a moment. Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you that you that began a good work in us will complete it. I Thank you, Father, that you are perfecting that which concerns us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray worship you. We praise you, Father. Big things. Big things. Big things.
1: Oh, thank you, Father. Big things. Thank you, Hallelujah. Thank you. you are the Lamb of God. Make me more like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. You are the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make me more like you, Jesus. Thank you,
0: Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Uh, Father, I thank you for peace that's in this place. Thank you as we leave tonight. I thank you for the champions that every single one of these men are. I thank you that they're going to the next level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive this tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just one other thing that's coming up that we announced it a couple of times, but starting on February 24th, we'll be starting Restore, uh, which is something that we're starting for our, our church in the walls first. And mainly it's it's not just alcohol or drug addiction, but it could be a number of different things or vices or anger. It could be a number of things that you may have challenges with, um, but it's it's something that we want to grow with is not to point out people like, oh, that person has problems. Or, that's not the issue. The full issue is we want people to grow and instrument and, and introduce the tools that will cause people to succeed. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, Restore, it's every Friday night. You can go on our Church Center app and you can register for that, get more information about it. And um, I believe it to be something that's beneficial. And I'm um, excited about it. And I'm excited about this year. Looking around at every face. Good to see you, Caleb. It's good to have you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, as we always say, go give him Jesus. Thank you for coming tonight.